You are listening to the She Speaks podcast. The She Speaks podcast is here to normalize our experiences in life and business by sharing our stories of rising from the proverbial ashes of our real life trials and tribulations. When we share our experiences, we give others permission to keep putting one foot in front of the other, remember to breathe, and to never, ever leave the power of our promising futures on the table. Tune in weekly for fresh new content that will inspire you to share your story too. Uh, Welcome everyone. We're here for another roundtable discussion with some of the incredible authors in the great Canadian woman. She is strong and free volume three and she moves mountains and I, in total transparency, Shannon and I are kind of on a marathon recording series of these episodes right now. And we're just so lit up by the conversations that we're having. And we're really excited about the women that are in this conversation. Um, and we know that uh, there's just going to be a lot of value that you're going to be able to bring to the listeners. And we're really excited um, to dive into this conversation. So Shannon, I'll hand it over to you for some introductions. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, okay, well, we have four incredible authors with us on this roundtable discussion, and uh, it's quite the mix, and I'm so happy that it worked out this way. <laughs> so we have, uh, and Marsha, I'm sorry, you're going to have to just explain your last, yeah, not explain it, but just say, I'm just going to say Marsha Van. And ben W. Ben okay. W. I think that's how she's known around around the world these days. Pretty much. Yeah. So Marsha's here from uh, She Moves Mountains. And then we have Amanda DaCosta, Sky Edwards, and Sarah Osmond, all from She Is Strong and Free 3. And it's been just such a pleasure to work with all of you. Sorry, I get emotional sometimes because your stories are so, I can really resonate with all of them. And some of them were surprising to me. Um, I wasn't expecting some of the deepness and and the honesty and the rawness from them and in general even just the she moves mountain uh, book is kind of more of an entrepreneur book of more of a business book but the stories that are shared there it's not like it's so relatable to everybody it's not just if you're an entrepreneur for sure so the question that i want to ask all of you is what compelled you to join us, like what compelled you to share your story? What, was it just something that you just instantly knew? Did you have to work up to it? Um, did you feel courageous doing it? Because I know I instantly knew I wanted to share and I had numerous different reasons for that. I didn't even think about the ramifications. I didn't think about if people would think it was weird that I was writing my story. I just knew I needed to share for that one person that was me, you know, three years prior that really needed to hear my story and know that somebody could survive what I survived. So I'm curious as to what compelled you to share. So Amanda, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I originally wrote an article for the blog and I had seen it on Instagram and I read some of the stories in the blog and I thought, this is really fascinating. I love these stories. And I knew that I had a story to share that had kind of come to a head a couple of, well, about eight years ago. Um, And that's when I really sort of dealt with the whole situation of my childhood. 
and subsequent things that happened when I was older. So I wrote the article and I remember finishing it the night it was due. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. Shannon's going to laugh because she remembers the story. I almost didn't send it in. I was looking at the computer thinking, really, am I going to send this in? This is a lot of information about me. Am I really going to put this out there? And then I thought, oh, Amanda, who are you kidding? They might not even approve it anyway. Just send it in. (laughs) And so I sent it in. And then, of course, the feedback that I received from it was phenomenal. Just phenomenal from people who are saying, wow, had no idea. And also people who are saying, wow, I went through something very similar. And I'm going to start looking at that now. Amazing. And I remember reaching out to you because of the response that you, like it just totally blew up. Yeah. Completely blew up. I I remember seeing it on our trending list. I'm like, what is this article doing here? I'm like, Hey, that's one of the authors. Like what's going on here. And I I sent you an email, man. I'm like, "Uh, just to let you know, uh, there's a lot of people looking at your blog right now. Congratulations. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. So then I, for sure, I thought I have to write the chapter because the chapter gives you so much more room to explain the story. The, The blog was great, but it was very small. And I wanted to take the time to give the story a lot more of what it deserved. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you did. So incredible. Thank you. Marsha. Marsha mm. Van W. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so I actually do everything pretty much on gut instinct and pull. And when I saw this last year, a couple of things crossed my mind. I wanted to be able to write from a perspective of business and knowing that I actually signed up for She Moves Mountains before, actually before the pandemic started. And so (laughs) I didn't know it was going to take the pandemic for my story to actually unfold, but I just trusted my gut when I did that. And the other reason is that I, I mean, I'm super passionate about stories. I have done four different collaborative chapters, my own book, and I, I don't ask anybody to do anything that I don't do. So I knew it was time for me to get uncomfortable and share a different part of my story. And so I'm really grateful. I just followed my gut and decided to jump in and do it. So a lot of things unfolded during the process, but it was definitely a gut decision. And I wanted to support, I love what you guys do. And I think that collaborative books are a great way for people to start to learn how to share their story. Mm-hmm. Supportive, so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can reach so many more people too. hundred percent. Yeah. No, your story is incredible. And I mean, was that the story you originally were going to share? Because it was quite no. the, the journey over. No, because it didn't unfold until the rest of the year mm-hmm. went on. So I completely changed it as the way my year went on with the story. It If I would have started the way I thought I was, it completely had to change. And so I'm grateful. Again, I just trusted my gut and went, no, this actually is part. This is the whole story is the way that all of last year unfolded. Wow. We spoke about that in one of our other roundtable talks about how your original story isn't necessarily the story that you end up sharing. And that's okay. And it's it's quite the experience to peel those layers back and see what the true story is that you do need to share and following your gut. I think pretty much everybody on this call (laughs) lives their life that way. So totally can resonate with that. I also, I also just want to add to like, if from, from my perspective as the lead in, in the book, I'm like, you're going to write anything like Marsha. I'm like, 
She kept sending me Hello? messages. Hello? <laughs> Google Doc is empty. <laughs> and little did I know that like you intuitively know, knew that you were in, you were still in your story. Like you were still, you knew that you're like, there's something here that I'm experiencing now. That is the thing that needs to make it to the pages of this book. So like yes. you probably set the record for most like currently lived story that is <laughs> very <been published>. current. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny. I saw your messages many times. I'm like, no, I promise I'm in it. I'm just trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, once I created space, it was like, like then it just downloaded literally within a day. So yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much, Marsha. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Hi. Kind of like a little bit of a combo of what both of you just said. It's sort of weird. I um, early pandemic started a bit of a blog myself. So like story about loss of my partner, which is now almost five years ago, which is super crazy that I'm like four years in, I'm like, let's talk about it, you know? And um, so started this blog myself kind of early on in the pandemic, but I felt like I wasn't really reaching anyone. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm very technically uninclined as some of you may have already learned in this process. <laughs> scary. And um, so I, I did what Amanda did and I submitted an article from my blog to your blog to She Speaks and it kind of made me brave. Like I feel like just by doing that was like a first step to, I need to do more and I need to try to reach more people. And then when the opportunity came up to be in the collaboration, I actually read She is Strong and Free one, volume one. And I was like, oh, hell yes. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do it. Even if I can't write, somebody's going to tell me you can't write, but your story's real. So let's work with that, you know, and that's kind of where it went. And I just, it's funny, like I've had some really crazy, interesting feedback just from pre-sale and putting stuff out online on Instagram and whatnot, where people are just same sort of thing. I had no idea. I had no idea what you were going through or that it's been this many years and you just finally got the nerve to talk about it. So. Yeah. I remember your, your blog too. And I was just like, wow, this story needs to be in one of our books. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you are a writer. Well, and now you're officially a writer. But yes. Well, thanks to you guys. Yeah. And Paula. To share your story. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And again, resonate will will resonate with so many people, even if it's not a loss of a loved one that they're experiencing, but just the grief and the craziness that happens. Because people grieve so many different things, right? So it would be so easily resonated and such a gift for everybody. Yeah, I think so. I feel like after reading and talking to the other girls, I feel like their their stories are so different. All of our stories are so completely different. And that's what's the coolest thing to me about this book. I really, truly believe that there's something from each story that's going to connect with someone. But I fully connected with other stories that really I can't relate to at all. You right. know, yeah. it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it's funny how stuff is just woven in throughout each story and you don't you don't know each other. So how would you know that it, there's just always something right? Absolutely. Such a pro- beautiful process. And you can reach. So each author's community will now share your story. Right. So you just don't know the ripple effect of it. And it's going to be pretty incredible. Amazing. As, as Marcia knows, with with the number of books that she's been in, it's it's really amazing. So thanks, Sarah. Sky, what 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 um what made you share your story? 
Because I feel like your story was one that you, not you were sitting on, but waiting for the right time to share it. Yeah. Um, I share my story online a lot, um, not into the depth that I went into this book, um, just because I don't know, it's really vulnerable and personal and people aren't always the nicest. <laughs> so writing this book was really scary, but I decided that I wanted to write it because um, when I was going through the grieving process after my stillbirth, I couldn't find books that really showcased what I was feeling or going through. Um, I found trying to find things on grief and how people process grief and um, how you're supposed to get through it. They were just far and few between. Um, so I found a couple books eventually, but it took a lot of trial and error. And the first great Canadian woman, um, when I read that, like the stories were very different from mine, but you could feel the emotions and it was like, okay, all these amazing women have gone through such hard times and they're still going, they're working their way through it. And they came out strong. And the fact that they're telling their stories and how they navigated it, I want to do that for people who go through what I went through because it's a lonely journey if you don't have that roadmap. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So much said there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can relate with that of the struggle of trying to find books that weren't necessarily just technical books. I, I feel like the, the stories that are shared in our books, it's real life. It's people can relate to them and it's not the technical and it's, it's great to have the technical. I'm not, not saying that that's not good, but you need something to hold on to and you need some, some realness and some even compassion and truth, truth to a lot of it. And I feel like everybody shares. Yeah. Your chapter was definitely one that hit home for me because we were grieving totally different things. Um, but the emotions that you wrote about, I had the exact same ones, the falling on the floor and not being able to get back up. Yeah. So. Thanks. Thanks. And I remember even Shannon, when we were talking about you coming into strong and free one, that's exactly what you said. They said, you know, any type of, uh, to call it tool that you were given to quote unquote manage your grief mm -hmm. was more tactical than anything. It was like, here, just read this guide and then you'll know what phase you're in and what you can do to fix it or like get over it or get through it. And you, and you said to me, they're like, that's just not how grief works. And there needs to be more realistic stories out there of what to expect and, and sky with, with your story, um, miscarriages and stillbirths are unfortunately so common, but when women are experiencing them, they're made to feel like they're the only woman in the world that knows what this is like. Cause every other mother seems to be out there joyously experiencing their children. So yeah, again, like huge, huge congratulations to you for stepping out and, and talking about the things that people just not ready to talk about. But the reason why people aren't ready to talk about things is because people aren't talking about them. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's like the more we talk about these things and the more just normal it'll be for these conversations to take place and less people will feel alone. So I think the craziest thing was once I started sharing all of these people that are big parts of my life finally opened out about their losses. And I was like, I can't believe you've experienced that. And I didn't know. Like, yeah, some of my best friends, some of my family members, it was just insane. Amazing. I'm, I'm really curious to know about uh, like when you were writing your story, um, all of you came in kind of for different 
purposes or different reasons. And probably by the end of it, maybe thought like, wow, that was like not even why I came into this, but now I get why I did. Um, Throughout this process, uh, who are you writing for? So um, outside of you um, writing for yourself, when you think about, you know, if, if just this one person could pick up my story and, and read it, um, then I would feel so good about this work that I just did in, in writing this chapter. Who would that person be for you? Um, Sarah, I'll start with you. Oh, sure. It's kind of weird. Like you said, like I definitely did it for me. And I even like during the actual writing process, I actually had to convince myself, Sarah, this is just for you. So if nobody ever reads it, it's okay. You know, which is kind of how I was able to go a bit deeper, but Mm. I, I feel like I can like kind of what Shannon and Sky are both saying, I've had the same feeling. So for me, everything that I read, like I was constantly looking for validation for the way I was feeling. So I would always be going online, trying to connect with someone or, you know, find a reason or look for some sort of hope. And everything was very formal. And it was like, like I even say in my chapter, it was like somebody who read a textbook and then wrote their own textbook. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I have a friend who is one of my closest people and she went through a similar loss and was really, really blunt with me. Like I'm talking like stuff that I won't even repeat today. And she was super hardcore and blunt, but I felt like that worked for me because it felt real. So for me to put my story out there, I was always kind of hoping to connect with that person that felt the way I did in the beginning that like, you know, needed someone to be super raw and honest. And even if it was really hard to hear, it worked for them because it was real life. Right. Yeah. So like that kind of, that's sort of where I started. And when I started the blog, it was kind of the same thing. That's what I was going for, but I just didn't feel like I was getting there until Mm. I did this chapter. I love that you you touch on that because like we were just saying, a lot of these topics that so many of you have written about, uh, people tread really lightly around them. So those conversations aren't there. Um, that humanness and what you're experiencing or that even just that, uh, I would imagine someone, please just see me in my grief. Someone please just get me um, and understand that like this, all things are not okay right now and I'm not okay. And I don't know why I'm not okay. I don't know why I can't fix this the way I fix everything else in my life. Um, those are the conversations that aren't taking place because we're afraid of them. Yeah. Um, and even with, uh, Shannon, same, same thing, right? There are so many people that were just, just either stopped saying anything to you yeah. or mm-hmm. would come in and, and say the complete wrong thing to you and and it was because people were avoiding confronting Mm -hmm. the reality of the situation right I think a lot of people too tend to say what they've heard in the past like they they'll just use the uh, what is the word uh just the regular things that people say when someone is grieving and it you just get tired of hearing it and it's like no they're not in a better place stop saying like there's so many things that I, I'm sure I've said in the past, I'm sure we've all said in the past, and you're saying something to acknowledge it, but it really just doesn't, it doesn't help. So again, s- similar to my experience and why I wrote my chapter two is just to bring some awareness to it. It's, and to allow people to, to feel their feelings, to validate their feelings with 
with any of the stories that go on in our books too. It's it's really just giving permission for other people to to live their life, live through their experience and and permission to to move forward or to feel or to be mad. Like mm. that was a lot of there's no permission to be angry. There's no permission to, you know, whatever, stay in bed all day or not stay in bed all day. Like you're you're so caught up in what society thinks too that um it's really difficult. And a lot of the textbook stuff is, is just textbook stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. I, love I felt that. like a lot of people, like you're, the people that care about you want you to be you again, right? So they want you to feel better and they want to feel better about where you are in life. So they just kind of want you to, you know, snap back or in my case, start dating, you know, really not fun. And all these kind of things that make them feel better because you're better. So I feel like I was going elsewhere to try to find that comfort, you know, and to be able to have people to be super straight with me was exactly what I needed. So I was just kind of, yeah, hope to do the same for someone else. Amazing. And you will. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Amanda. I um, I wrote for similar reasons. I definitely first did write somewhat just for myself because I was still working through the story. Um, and I knew that there were lessons still to be learned there. And there were, because like my last paragraph, I remember like crying as I was writing it and going, wow, this is really a big part that I would never have gotten to if I hadn't taken the journey of writing this. And then I also wrote it for other people as, um, as uh, Shannon was just saying, so that they can know that they can feel their feelings and not be completely overwhelmed by them. Because I think what happens is we hide from the way that we're feeling because you feel as though you're going to get sucked in and never be able to come out of the sadness or the conflict. And I think for ourselves too, that I know I do this is I start feeling something and I think, well, I got to figure this out. And there's no figuring it out. You've got to get out of your head and into your heart and into those feelings and into your body and just let them come and see what they have to teach you. But that's so hard to do because when you're in it, you feel like you're drowning. You seriously feel like you're being overwhelmed. And I spent well over 20 years ignoring something that I didn't have to. And so when it came ahead, um, it was time to really get in there and feel those feelings and see what I could learn from them and not be taken over by them. And I want other people to know that so that they don't waste as much time as I did. And I had to get to a point that I could forgive myself, stand by my original decision, but forgive myself for all the in-between where I should have you know, given somebody else a second chance and I wasn't. And I needed to really look at that. And that's hard to do, to be able to look at something you've done and say, okay, originally that was okay, but years later, I needed to be able to give this person a chance and I didn't. And now they're willing to forgive me and I can't even forgive myself. Mm. I need to get there. Wow. And then I wrote it. I wrote, I wrote the story also for my son who's eight. And this is a family story that he doesn't know yet that I'm starting to tell him. And I need to make sure that I've got it right. And that I can explain to him. So he sees it as a, you know, a story of forgiveness and a story of growth and what love is about and not hear it from somebody else years from now when I'm gone and go, how come I never knew that? How come nobody told me this? I don't want that to be the family secret that he finds out. Wow. Thank you for your transparency. Um, 
Wow. That was uh, powerful on so many levels. The, the part about your son and just that transparent truth. And again, going back to the idea of taboo, like family secrets, we don't talk about this. We don't want people to know, or we're going to pretend that, you know, and, and, and a lot of kids, yeah, they find out when they're adults, they're like, that's the reason I don't know so-and-so in my family. You know, um, I know people who have experienced that and, and that, shocking realization for them when they come into adulthood uh, can be really difficult for them to navigate. So for that reason alone, it's amazing that you are doing that for your son. The other thing I wanted to touch on um, that has come through in, in, in another author in Strong and Free One actually was the, the safety in actually allowing yourself to express and feel your emotions um, because the fear of them swallowing you alive is real. Um, but the danger of avoiding them is the thing that will cause all these other kind of direct or indirect issues to start popping up in your life or even in your health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Brenda, Brenda Weiss. Uh, she wrote about the loss of her son and, and she uh, wrote specifically about this night where she finally allowed herself um, to fall as far into her grief um, mm-hmm. that she was able to, and she let it happen for the first time. And uh, she writes about it in Strong and Free One. And, and it's such a, a, you completely lose yourself when you're reading this part of her chapter, because you feel it, you feel every ounce of agonizing pain she was experiencing. But her lesson in that was she woke up the next morning and realized she wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And that she was going to survive her grief and that it wasn't going to take her out too. Um, so the lesson that, that your story holds there too, is, is so powerful, um, in letting yourself go into those feels and letting yourself go into those emotions, letting yourself go back into those experiences, um, you know, letting go of that control of, I'm going to try and steer this and control it and force it for the rest of my life. Um, there's a lot of ego at play there too, right? Where it's like, oh, I can't admit that this was not the right way to potentially navigate this. And then that controls how you experience the rest of your journey. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for, for that share. Really powerful. Um, Marsha. Okay. So you, you got, you all blow me away. Honestly, just want to say <laughs> like literally so powerful. I love it. There's like podcast um, guests here, eh? For, uh, for your yeah. show? Already made lists. Already <laughs> <laughs> made lists. Already made lists. Oh, so for me, um, I do know that I needed to write it for myself first because I needed to be able to look at my journey retrospectively from a different lens. I needed to look at it and see it differently than um, how I had seen my story because I've been sharing my story for probably almost six years now. And I needed to see this side of it differently. So that's the first thing. But I also, as I started to write it, I wrote it and I really hope it lands with the, I'm going to say the mom, the female who has been the fighter trying to hold all pieces of everything together. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, almost resentful for a lot of the struggles that you're going through, feeling like you're doing it alone 
there's a lot of independent women out there and independence is a great thing, but it also means that we don't necessarily ask for help, receive help, allow others into our life. And literally that's when everything changed for me was when I went from being the fighter to allowing others to support me and help me on the journey and doing so really shows like if you would have told me six years ago that learning how to share your story would help you heal, would help others heal and would actually create a business that could impact people in a bazillion years, I would have never seen it. So it's just an opportunity, I think, for somebody who feels that maybe I meant to do something to, you know, pay this forward and put some good out there. And it just, maybe that will inspire them to see that, you know, the resentment we don't need to carry because it only hurts us and we can do something with it. We all can do something with what we've learned from our stories. So I think that's what started to unfold for me. Yeah. I, I love that you touched on the, the softening aspect of things. Like as soon as you stopped being this like rough and tough, hard, controlling, steering, powerful woman and started bold letting letting people like in and be like yo we can support you in this if you let us yeah. um then all of a sudden things started to shift for you and it's interesting because we often uh kind of connect that type of energy with men where men just want to do it themselves they they're just do it on their own they don't need help they've got stuff to prove and we don't realize how many women live like this. And, and it's my personal opinion that this is just kind of, you know, residue of, of patriarchy and women now uh, working double time to prove that they're capable and equal um, and exerting all this masculine energy to try and level up, you know, and, and be an equal, right? Mm-hmm. But what that's doing uh, on the flip side is making us real hard. And, uh, actually it, we, you know, we're, we're pushing and striving to, to do and achieve so much. We're actually blocking ourselves from what we're actually capable of achieving. So it's like you're sh- shooting yourself in the foot by, by having that much of a, a push and level of control over what you're doing. Right. Oh, that's, that's it to a T. And I know there's a lot of women who are like me and that was how I did it. I literally just put my head down and just make it happen, which we all need that kind of grind. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with it, but in doing so I found a quote as I was finishing the end of writing and it's, I don't have it exactly verbatim, but it's that the more you try and prove yourself in every aspect of your life, like you're literally only trying to prove it to yourself, not to anyone else. And that means that you don't approve of yourself. And I went, oh, okay. So now I actually have to sit in my own story and, you know, it is enough. I am enough. I have done more than enough. And that is an exercise when you've been masculine and pushed for your whole life. I mean, it's a blessing to have to learn. There's always two sides of the coin. We have to learn both. So it's, I think that has been the, one of the most powerful lessons for me, and hopefully that will land with somebody who feels like they're always being the bull to realize that, what do you mean? If I actually start to embrace the other side of it, I can actually go further and have people in my corner and feel supported. So it can be a win-win. So that's who I would like it to land with. Ooh, that's going to hit. That's going to land. Love that. Thank you, Marsha. You're welcome. Um, Sky. Yeah. Uh, so when I was writing, I was definitely writing for my daughter. Um, I promised she would never be forgotten. I felt like this was a really wonderful way to honor her and have her be permanently out in the world for people. 
Um, and then it turned into definitely writing it for myself and women like me who go through this and think they're alone in it. Um, try to give them some hope and know that it's okay to have these emotions and the grief and how messy it is. And just recently I've realized that I'm hoping that people who've never been through what I've been through read this book so that they realize how real it is and all the emotions that go into it. Because there are so many people who, when you say you lost a baby or pregnancy loss, they just go, oh, well, you'll be sad for a little bit, but get over it because you have other kids who will just get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. But those feelings, that's not actually how it works. Like I lost my daughter, my baby, she's gone. Um, And none of my other kids can ever replace her. So I definitely want when other people read my story, maybe understand the people in their lives better and learn how to better support them going forward. Wow. Such a great point to kind of bring in um, the people who uh, have never actually even remotely close to experienced your journey, as opposed to the people who have and just need more permission to feel and experience what they're experiencing. You touch on a really, really powerful point there of let, let's bring in people who uh, either need to step into a much deeper level of empathy or be able to actually offer proper support for what that person actually needs. Similar to uh, what Shannon was just saying, you know, we, we kind of regurgitate the things that just are the, oh, this is awkward and uncomfortable and I don't know how to help. So I'm just going to say this so that I'm acknowledging the thing and then, okay, you know, and then exit stage left kind of thing. Um, I, great point. Your stories are also giving people who haven't walked in your shoes, the, uh, the perspective of what that's like, and hopefully maybe also, uh, make people think and be like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I probably totally didn't support that person in my life the way that, um, they needed to be supported by me and, and now they know. So the next person that comes into their life that, uh, feels alone, like you have, and, and, you know, like there's no resources, there's no support. The friends, uh, are over it already. The family has, you know, kind of gone back on, but mom's still here and mom's grieving in a huge way. Uh, really powerful point. Thank you for bringing that up. We haven't had that one come up yet today. So that's, that's fantastic to, uh, to just think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know, is there something that surprised you about your writing journey? So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was there something that kind of made you go like, wow, I was not expecting that to happen or, um, you know, whether it was uh, an opportunity that came into your path or a person that came into your life or a, something that was said or something that you realized about yourself along the way that maybe you didn't give yourself enough credit for. Uh, what was that thing for you? Uh, Amanda, I'll start with you this time. Um, I would say there were probably quite a few things that came up when I was doing this. Um, there was a lot more to the story than I realized. So as I was writing, there were so many things that came up because, of course, my story spans a long period of time, um, like from the time I was 11 until I was 40 something. Um, so there were so many stories within the story that were going on for me. One of the things I came to really discover was how much, and you were touching on this earlier, Sarah, how much you think when you're controlling something that it's actually controlling you. And, you know, that's what I named my chapter, the grudge that held me, because I realized how much a decision that I had made and I thought was, you know, done was actually controlling so much of my life, so much of my interactions. Um, And writing about it helped me to see so much of that. And I also recognized um, 
that doing that, I was showing up in, in the world in such a way that when people read the story, they were like, wow. Like one person even said to me, all we ever saw was this confident, you know, strong person. Amanda mm-hmm. had no idea that all this had gone on like in the background and that this was your life. And I was like, well, cause in some ways I didn't even know it, Fair. <laughs> you know, until I actually wrote it and you don't realize you can't, there's a lovely expression. I don't know where this proverb comes from. It's something like the eye cannot see its own eyelashes. So it's how much you cannot see your own actions until you really are able to step outside of it. And it takes time to be able to do that. And I think a lot of courage to be able to step out and look at yourself and say, oh, okay, this is what I'm actually doing. Right. Hmm. And then I was also just um, really glad how much other people related to it though. And said, you know, I've had this kind of experience in my family and I really want to start looking at this now, or I see how I can be more gentle with myself or more understanding and treat myself in a different way because of this experience. And then I really need to take some time to look at it. And people who I didn't expect that would like professional people in my life that were like Mm. on LinkedIn sending me messages. And I was like, wow, this is really resonating. So that was, that was a beautiful gift too, because you connect with people on such an other level and you know that you've opened up a safe space for them Mm. that they probably didn't have elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, wow. All of that. Um, and yeah, the, the thing that I, I think surprises just about every author is, is just those surprising people that come forward that you would never expect, uh, especially when they're coming out of a professional setting, um, that can actually be a point of reservation for a lot of people to share so vulnerably because, and especially women, we are, we are trying to hold up this image of ourselves, right? So that people take us seriously and people see us as professional uh, and that we've got it all together and that our lives are stable and, and, you know, all these things. And so to, to let people in to kind of the real thing behind the scenes, there's reservation there for people that their professional network is now going to see them differently Mm-hmm. So I love that you just touched on that because I, I think that story by story, we're, we're removing the robotics of what we turn into when we think about ourselves and our careers, because at the end of the day, we're all humans, like showing up to work every day, whether you're the owner, whether you're working in a cubicle, whether you're working out in a field somewhere, like you're a human with an experience that is coming into a place of work. The place of work does not strip all of that from you. But there hasn't been room for those types of discussions, right? It's just all business from nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Amanda, there was definitely multiple things I think that happened. I did a interview with Julie Brooks, one of the other authors, and was talking to her about it. And I had this like crazy sort of, aftermath of something opening up for me like I felt like you know always journaled through this whole process but having this knowledge of this is really going out into the world and people are going to read this story kind of opened up like it unblocked something for me Mm. it just opened up something to say okay this is just the beginning of your story or what you need to put out there or the people you need to talk to and it sort of freed me up a little bit which was like this side effect that I was not expecting at all, like kind of this bonus, you know? Yeah. Um, Kind of bizarre. But the coolest thing for me was actually people 
reaching out to me saying, I've always wanted to do this. Like I have a story to tell and I've always wanted to write and I've always wanted to put the word out. And I feel like because I did it, they feel like they can do it as well. You know, just being like straight up normal Sarah. So she can do this. So I think I can do it too. And I, and there was a lot of people I've connected with and people that have been messaging saying, Hey, can we talk? I feel like I have a similar story and, you know, things that I just wasn't really expecting from it, but that connection, like I know a lot of us have said, it's about connection and helping people to not feel alone. And I feel like just by finally taking this step, it's actually started to do that. It's actually doing the thing, right? It's doing the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and we get, we downplay ourselves in such a wild way, especially when there are our own experiences. Cause we're like, what? I just did what I had to do. Like, what else was I supposed to do? Um, and we're like, uh, you might want to just give yourself a little bit more credit for that. Um, so the fact that you gave yourself that opportunity to give yourself more credit, um, is absolutely the thing that gives other people permission to do the same. Like this is the ripple effect that we talk about all the time. Right. I also love that you touched on this, like almost like sense that something has unlocked within you now, like this next level, you're like, okay, (laughs) game on what is happening now. There's, there's this whole other playing field now that is all of a sudden visible for you. And that's just our, our natural process that we have to go through of, Uh, There's something here that we have to address first, or we have to solve first, or we have to conquer first, or we have to let ourselves experience first before the other thing reveals itself to us. And if you think about this on like a grand scale, how many people don't let themselves have that very first opportunity, like even all the way back into early adulthood, they're like, no. And it's like, you picture this like massive stockpile of opportunities that are held back behind this gate because they're like, no to this opportunity. But as soon as they say yes, and it's like, oh, all these things are coming their way. And you're like, where did this come from? How come I didn't see this before? It's like, it's just not how it works. You have to go through that first level and give yourself that opportunity before everything else starts to kind of come into your site. Agreed. Yeah. That was my thing. I feel like now everything I'm like challenge accepted. Yes. I'm in. Yeah. It's almost like you now realize how brave you are or how courageous you are, or just, you can do it. Like, why not? Next yeah. Much, right. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where you're headed. God, me too. <laughs> uh, Marsha, something that surprised you. Oh, there's so many things. And I just want to um, put it down into brief for me is the fact that I had to really go introspective. I had to really like dive in as and look at my story differently from where I was at. And I mean, I'm always talking about like, what is the story teaching us? What are the lessons that I'm learning? But then I'm asking myself those questions as I'm doing it. So to really go introspective. And I mean, I've been an advocate for so many things, my whole life and the voice and all of those things. And for me, there's a big part of my story that most people don't know that is coming out in this book. They don't have a clue of what I went through last year. And I don't say that as a, as a martyr, as a victim or anything, they just don't know. So there's a lot of things that people don't know, but what I can say is, is that the lessons that I learned over the number of years, they came into play big time last year when I had to be my own advocate. Like if I, I don't know where I would have been health wise, if I hadn't been my own advocate and pushed and pushed and pushed 
and push some more. I don't know where I would be. And I, so maybe that will give somebody permission to, you know, ask different questions, to dig in, to go in further and, and also trust. I had to really step in when I think about it. I, I actually just had this conversation with somebody today. I had a conversation with two doctors, one saying you're seeing a specialist right away. One saying you don't need to see one one surgeon saying, I won't see you. And one surgeon saying, oh no, you're going to the top of the list. And this is being dealt with ASAP. So it was such an emotional roller coaster to go through while trying to build a business during a pandemic that it just, maybe it'll just give permission to somebody to really like go internal and listen. And that's literally what I had to do last year is there was no more Google searching what the answers were. I had to go inside and go, what, what are you okay with? What do you want to do? And ask those questions. And I think you know, at the end of the day, that's what we all have to do is we've got to go like deep inside and ask and listen and trust what we're saying. And that those have been massive lessons for me. Um, again, as the pusher, they've been massive lessons and I'm so grateful for all of them. Huge. I'm so excited for people to, to understand all, of all the things like no, no one would have had a hot clue that anything was awry last, last year for you. Cause you're like head down building this dang yeah. business just lost your job because of the pandemic back against the wall. Uh, Oh, by the way, you're going to have uh, major, major surgery in the middle of all this. And it's just like, what, like what? Um, So yeah, just the, the permission that uh, you're also giving people who feel like they're in a place of hopelessness Mm -hmm. or feel in that, in that, in that mindset of there's no point in me trying to do anything, if everything's working against me anyway, I mean, that you are the poster child for that last year where you could have just said that and Mm -hmm. said, why bother? Like, why? Like, this is crazy, but you chose otherwise. So I, I also hope that your story inspires other people to start looking at their own situations differently too. Yes. I, me too. Thank you. I, I, I 100% do. And I just, I'm excited because it's going to show a different side of me and story-wise that most people don't know. And it's okay that they don't know. That's also, I'm like the queen of vulnerability, but people are like, (laughs) how do people not know this? I'm like, cause I wasn't ready. And that's the whole thing, right? Scars and wounds. We don't always share it. You have to use your energy. I used my energy last year to heal those wounds. And then as they did that, it was easier to write about it. Such a good point too. Thank you, Marcia. Uh, Sky, what's something that surprised you about the process? Yeah. Um, I didn't think I was going to be very surprised because I'm pretty open about everything. Like I kind of just word vomit stuff and my emotions everywhere that I possibly can. Um, but when I was writing it, I realized that like, even though I was being vulnerable and sharing my emotions and the things that I've gone through, there was pieces that I was holding to myself and I wasn't sharing them with anybody because I don't know if they felt private or too personal or like letting go of those pieces and putting them out there gives space for people to have their emotions about them. Um, so while I was sharing it. It was really difficult. I didn't realize I'd get so emotional doing it. Um, but it also made me feel really free after like I I just find like that last shred of armor I was wearing was just kind of thrown to the ground and I've had so many people be like wow like I didn't think you could get any more open or authentic but you're just like showing up now and there's like nothing holding you back and it's 
kind of a nice feeling. <laughs> and we see it. Um, Shannon and I have been talking about, they were like, Sky is really just like out there now. I mean, you, you're, you're talking and your posts that you make about your, your story that you shared in the book. I mean, I've never experienced what you experienced, but they hit me like a brick wall. Um, just really, really powerful shares. And then like on the other side of the spectrum, you're there like selling vibrators and stuff. Like it ain't no thing on your feet. So it's like, whatever, anything goes, I'm free. I don't want anything scary now <laughs> I love it but like similar to what Sarah just said like something's unlocked right yeah. there's that last and I love what you said the last bit of armor just came off mm-hmm. um and yeah but like if you think about how much armor actually weighs if you were to uh put on a physical piece of metal or iron body armor like you're gonna feel that thing on your body as much as you're gonna feel it when it's off and it's like oh what is this newfound freedom and movement that I have Um, I love that you've experienced that because it's, it's something, again, I say this all the time, like we have such a difficult time articulating what the heck happens with all y'all when you, when you write your stories, we're like, just trust us. There's going to be magic that happens when this is done. Okay. Just write your words. (laughs) And then all of these things happen. It's so different from, from one of you to the next, but it's so, it's so cool to witness. Um, and then also be able to see it, it like immediately translated into your public spaces, the way that you have just started showing up in an even more powerful way uh, on your feed. So you're like, all right, <laughs> we're here. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. Really awesome stuff. Yeah. My, my family has been like, yeah, they, they're like, I didn't think you could get any more personal online. And now it's just all over there. I was like, yeah, it's- no more secrets. Blech. You're like, here's my promo code for vibrators. You're welcome. <laughs> curling <amazing>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, curling awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. This has been so um, amazing. I, I don't think we're ever going to get tired of having conversations like this. Uh, you're all are incredibly inspiring women. Uh, and we're so grateful that we get to play even a teeny tiny role in the journey that you're all on and, and where you're headed next. So thank you for trusting us with your sacred stories. Um, I'm sure there's probably going to be listeners that want to connect with you. Uh, so just quickly, we'll do one more round table. Just, uh, what is the best place people can find you? It could, it could be your website if you have, uh, or Instagram or Facebook, wherever you hang out, or you could just be like, please don't contact me, but this is how you can buy my book. That's okay too. Uh, Amanda, where can people connect with you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Amanda DaCosta wellbeing, which is easy to find me. And then from there you can find everything else. Perfect. Uh, Sarah. Instagram as well. My life after death project. Um, and same for the blog is my life after death project.com either way always around. Fantastic. Uh, Marsha. Um, Instagram, Facebook, and website are all Marsha Van W. So you start typing Marsha Van W and it'll come up. Because the rest of it doesn't fit. It doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Sky. <laughs> uh, I live on Instagram. You can find me at capricious underscore fitness. Um, you can also find a Facebook page if you don't have an Instagram. And then I also have capriciousfitness.com for my blog. Amazing. Uh, before we say our final goodbyes, Shannon, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up today? No, just my gratitude, honestly. Thank you for sharing your stories with us and for coming on here today and just letting everybody know a little bit more about you and and your journey with writing. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to the She Speaks podcast. If you like this episode, please be sure to send us a five-star rating and review on iTunes to help us reach more listeners. For more information on our publishing services, please visit us at www.gcwpublishing.com.